I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Oh my gosh, my energy's gonna be weird on this one today just because I do feel so. Uh, it's okay, <laughs> buddy. It, it, it's gonna every every time is always a little different. I know. I'll I'll dig deep. I'll dig deep because <laughs> we're gonna talk about a good one. So this is yeah. Oh boy, I just had to take a <laughs> Oh man, I. God, I'm off to a great start. <laughs> this is the <laughs> FBI's most unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. God, I had to. St I can't believe I just had to take that big pause and try to remember what show we're recording with my notes in front of me. <laughs> it happens. I mean, yeah, like, oh. what was it? The uh, I it was. It just felt like another moment where I uh, I honestly thought like your screen just everything froze. I was like, no, not again. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So today we are gonna talk about. Season 3, Episode 4, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. It was directed by David Nutter, written by Darren Morgan, originally aired October 13th, 1995, and has a couple notable guest stars. Uh, one of them is uh, Clyde Bruckman himself, played by Peter Boyle, and the villain of the piece is played by Stu Charno, who folks may recognize he's a uh, character actor his actual first role, you may, uh, horror fans probably recognize him from Friday the 13th Part 2. Yep. Yeah. So, um, a lot of background information on this thing. Uh, I said we're going to be talking about a good one. I'll start out by just saying the episode won an Emmy for Outstanding Writing in a Drama Series as well as an Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Uh, the <laughs> Interestingly enough, the concept for the episode uh, came from sort of a weird place. It came from, uh, I just had it here, I want to say it was Chris... Carter? Oh, God damn it, I lost it. I had it right here. Uh, it was either Darren Morgan or Chris Carter wanted to write an episode. Oh, here it is. Uh, yes, it was Darren Morgan. I don't know why I thought it, because Darren Morgan wrote the episode. Morgan wished to write an episode of The X-Files wherein one of the one of the characters commits suicide at the end. So um, that is sort of where this grew out of. Um, just some of the other conception pieces from Darren Morgan's point of view. Uh, he didn't want to put a lot of humor in the script, but he, in the end, decided his original script that he wrote was too dark and decided to put in some jokes, which uh, there are some good jokes in this episode. I think there are some pretty funny moments. And... He also wanted to shake up Mulder's image in the episode by making him a little bit fallible, a little bit foolish, kind of make him not um, as 
maybe perfect and as much of a quote unquote, he said, uh, you know, uh, a little bit, he wanted to show that, you know, Mulder views Clyde Bruckman quote unquote, only as a phenomenon and not as a person. Whereas Scully, of course, and we'll talk about it, views Clyde Bruckman as a, uh, human first and foremost, and the name Clyde Bruckman is a direct reference to a writer and director of silent comedies who committed suicide in 1955. So overall, a very positive episode. <laughs> yes, very positive. In fact, <laughs> interestingly enough, the episode focuses heavily on the concept of free will and fatalistic determinism, which means basically um, the idea that your future is set in stone, so why bother doing anything? The outcome is going to be the outcome no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from what you told me before I watched this episode, and then getting into it, I was like, wow, this is a real thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, and I'm, I'll say it right now, I really enjoyed this too. Like, mm-hmm. damn, this episode, like, got me to thinking. It's a, yeah, it's a heavy, heavy thinker of an episode. Um... And it does. <laughs> There's one other uh, thing. We'll get to it later. But there are a couple really funny jokes in this episode. And one of them was uh, inspired by uh, Mulder's past, which is uh, coming back to Morgan's uh, wish to kind of paint Mulder a little more flawed and silly than he had been in the past. So, uh, the episode does open with Clyde Bruckman in St. Paul, Minnesota. He is uh, looking at a tabloid paper uh, where this psychic, the Great Yoppy, has... um, That's such a fucking stupid name for a psychic. (laughs) Well, my guess is the Great Yoppy was based a little bit on... See, let me look at some of the background notes. I don't think it says anything about where the character of the Great Yappy came from. Uh, no, no. My guess is he is obviously a take on uh, the psychics that would help investigate crimes. People like uh, Sylvia Brown, terrible human being, and or um, Eric Cartman. Eric Cartman. Yeah, I see. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. (laughs) It turns out a little bit like that, too. We can talk about that when we get to the Great Yoppy. But anyway. um, God, that's a good comparison. I didn't even think of that. Um, The the Great Yoppy, he has predicted stuff like, um, you know, uh, Buddy Holly will come back. He's not really dead, and he'll form this great big... Uh, reunion concert and stuff like that and Clyde Bruckman he's like basically he's like god what a load of shit and he buys a lottery ticket and he buys the paper anyway I like how he tries to he keeps trying to pronounce Lollapalooza <laughs> what's <Lala>? a Lollapalooza <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good gag out in the street, he bumps into an inconspicuous man. So the inconspicuous man, he goes into a gypsy palm reader. This is uh, Stuart Charno's character. He goes into a palm reader 
and he's like, hey, um, you know, uh, I see myself doing all these crazy things, stuff I never would have done. Um, why don't you tell me about it? And tries to get his fortune from this palm reader and ends up he attacks her and kills her. So uh, then it's the opening credits. And then um, a few days later, uh, the eyes and entrails of a tea leaf reader are found in her apartment. She was also a doll collector. And her body is missing. And <laughs> this is where we get uh, the, de <laughs> the detectives. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't normally bring in outside help, but I've, you know, I've heard great things about this guy. His but I also think he's also like a weirdo. He's a little bit of a weirdo, you know. Oh, I've heard of people who've worked with him. He, you know, he's spooky. And so obviously we're thinking that they're talking about Mulder. <laughs> And Mulder walks in, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, Fox Mulder, Dana Scully, FBI, we're here to help the local cops. And uh, they're like, oh, no, we don't, you know, we, we have real help coming in. And it's the stupendous. Fucking A. <laughs> this scene is just like, it's like, so are you though. kidding me? <laughs> Well, and I love that even Mulder is like rolling his eyes at this guy. Well, he's just <laughs> because so, he's so he comes obviously in, yeah. a fake. Yeah, because he comes walking in after like signing a bunch of crap and and stuff, and he's just like immediately like, "Oh, it's a guy. He may he may or may not have a tattoo somewhere on his body." Oh, and and and, yeah. and he has a he has facial hair. Yeah, or or, or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like he's between like. Five, six to like six foot, like somewhere within that range, and they're just writing this shit down like a madman, like genius. This guy is a true genius. Yeah, and um, eventually it turns out he's like, uh, in the end, the detective he's like, no, just forget it. I have to put an APB out right now on a guy that yeah. is like seventeen to forty three. May, or may, may or may not have, have tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. May or may not have facial hair. <laughs> And it's it's obviously very much meant to be like, hey, yeah, this this whole thing of calling in psychics on uh, police investigations is silly and dumb and doesn't help anything at all. And even like throughout this scene, like he, uh, Fox is forced to leave because the great Yabi is getting like bad vibes from him <laughs> that's right he has to st and when he's standing out in the hall you just hear he's standing out there yeah and you just hear everybody <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes in he's like let me guess he's like and he like does the exact same thing that the uh, yabi did he's like mm -hmm. he's like he basically he like he picks just enough of parameters so he can't be wrong and if he is it's because oh i didn't get a clear enough picture <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty great um, meanwhile, though, uh, we go back to Clyde Bruckman and he goes to see his neighbor who uh, is clearly uh, not doing well. Uh, she exhibits signs of dementia and she's got a little dog. And Well, actually, first, Clyde Bruckman takes a perfectly good head of lettuce out of his fridge because he sees it as a dead head and he I throws mean, it away. I mean, who doesn't? 
That's true. Yes. And then he goes to see his neighbor, and the little dog is like barking at him, and he sees the he sees his neighbor's death essentially. Like the dog is eating her because it's been locked in the the apartment with without being fed, you know. And he even like to, goes to get her trash, and he's saying stuff like, "Are you doing all right? Do you have enough food for yourself and your dog?" Like. Because she He's gives trying, him a lighter. Yeah, she gives him a lighter. He's like, no, no, you're trash. And she gives yeah. him her trash. And so he goes outside and he discovers the body of the palm reader in the dumpster. And so, you know, Mulder and Scully show oh, it's, up. Isn't it the, it's the tea leaf person? Because they, because no, no, they bring... it's, it's, the, it's the palm reader, um, Madame Zelda. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they take him. To well, yeah, because they they're interviewing him and uh, Mulder and Scully they interview him because they're like you know who found the body and they go to see him and he starts saying things that he just couldn't know like he yeah said, he's just like yeah the eyes the, the eyes were, were cut out and he she they're like okay you said you didn't move the body and he's like no and they're like well it was face down how do you know she didn't have any eyes and he's like well she didn't did she yeah <laughs> I love. I love his, like, dry, sarcastic, like, mm -hmm. doesn't give a shit attitude with this kind of stuff. He's like, ah, I'm assuming it was with a crystal ball. Wait, how did you know? That's not, like, like public. Well, I saw little bits and pieces of crystal, so it makes sense that he would try and take your eyes out with it. Mm -hmm. Well, also, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, before this, we did get to see that, he, that Clyde Brackman has this kind of weird ability because uh somewhere in uh, i skipped over it there is a scene he's an insurance salesman and he's trying to sell insurance to this young couple who wants like, a boat who want a boat instead and he's like look you're gonna want the insurance uh two years, two from, years now. from now you'll be driving down the road in a blue whatever it was and you know uh It'll be raining, and you'll lose control of the car, and you will, you know, run into a tree. <laughs> the guy's and like, yeah. Mr., you've got to work on your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we know that we before the scene, we already know that, that Clyde has some ability. And um, also... Uh, is it now or later that we see him with his lottery ticket and he's well he's doing he, he has like he throughout the show he keeps buying lottery tickets because mm. the first time he did it he didn't win anything he just kind of threw it away right um and then there's he does another bit with lottery tickets later on right okay that's right that's because right. after because after the whole talk about like well she was killed with like her crystal ball and stuff mm -hmm. for some reason fox was like you know what i need to take it takes him to where the other person was murdered. Yes, to the tea leaf reader. Yeah. And and Scully's um, just like, are you freaking kidding me right now? <laughs> she gives him some good side-eye looks, but... Um, some sexy you know, side-eye looks. Yeah. And they bring Bruckman into the apartment, and he's like... He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't... If I Even if I could do what you... And then, you know, he gets really... And he starts getting his impressions. He runs into the bathroom, and he throws up. And Scully's like, he's just doing what the stupendous Yappy did, only with a little bit more showmanship. And Mulder's like, no, no. 
and so Bruckman tells him sort of he's like I see her you know uh, I know where she's going to be found uh, she's going to be found in this specific lake next to the little f- the, the little white fat Nazi stormtrooper yeah. <laughs> but then he also has this other stuff and he starts talking this is where he starts talking about sort of his um, fascination with what leads people to do anything and he's like like this woman here all these dolls what let her, what imagine all the little things that led up to her collecting dolls did she just have one moment where she went i know dolls or was it a chain of events that happened from the moment she was born all the way up to the time that she bought her first doll you know he, he starts doing all that kind of stuff and so uh eventually they do find this woman in the lake next to kind of like a propane tank or something that looks a little bit like i get yeah i mean it's a little bit of a stretch mm-hmm. so i'm like okay stormtrooper like a chubby stormtrooper yeah i don't know about the whole nazi well the nazi because the the cap looked like the helmets they wore oh um, i didn't even see that like i i I'm like i was looking i'm like yeah because because yeah because mm-hmm. he like because Mulder looks at Scully and is like, doesn't that kind of look like a fat little Nazi stormtrooper? And she's mm-hmm. like, and she does her whole Scully where she's like, well, it could have been anything. And like, that's just, we're just assuming that's what it looks like because it's the closest thing that relates to it. Right. And Mulder's like, well, he did name this exact specific lake. And so basically Mulder brings Clyde Bruckman into the, um, police station because he thinks that Clyde Bruckman is going to be able to tell him about the killer. He thinks he's going to be able to handle objects and see the killer and all this stuff. And Wait. Clyde Bruckman is like, no, all I can tell you is that he's going to kill again. And Mulder's like, well, just try, try this. And he hands him this like frog statue <laughs> and Clyde Bruckman is like, nope, nothing. You know, I, I assume it belonged to one of the dead people. And Muller's like, yeah, anything else? And he's like, it's <laughs> ugly. What else? <laughs> <laughs> and so it goes on and on to the point where when Scully comes in, Mulder's just got his face planted on the table. Because <laughs> apparently it becomes apparent through all this that the only psychic ability Clyde Bruckman has is the ability to see the details of people's death that's the only thing he can see uh which has got to suck and yeah that comes up later in the episode and but scully, then yeah but then he like pull the like scully pulls out a thing from evidence a, to give to chain. him yep. yeah the keychain or and then i'm um, like starts well, reading company, off. it's in it's an investment company for money that uses astrology signs to make financial decisions and she got it from the doll. Which is court. a horrible business plan, by the way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the same keychain was found on uh, dead bodies. Um, and <laughs> Clyde Bruckman does this thing. Oh, uh, Claude Dukenfield. He's got, he's, you know, this year, this many years old. He's got two kids. And... Scully's like, you got that from the keychain? He's like, no, I sold him an insurance policy. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, but I do know that he's been murdered, and I can 
take you to where his body is. And so they drive to this spot in the woods and on the way there Mulder's like so what is it like how do you how do you do it and he's like i don't know and clyde bretman's like i don't know and Mulder's like well do you like see visions or do you i don't know i just do it well is it like do, do, do you see i don't know i just do it uh so they're going through the woods and- isn't that also the same scene or is it a little bit later where he looks at he's talking to the fox and he's just like, auto rock asphyxiation is a horrible way to go. Oh, yeah, and that's like, it. That's what? it. They're on their way to, they're yeah. on their way. He's like, wouldn't you want to know the way you're going to die? And he's like, no, not really. Yeah. And Clyde Brockman's like, well, all I'm going to say is uh, auto, there are more dignified ways to go than auto erotic asphyxiation. It's like, why would you say that? And he's just like, no, I'm just making conversation. Conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> Um, so they they're out in the woods and they're like well how long have you had this ability he's like since 19 whatever it was he goes the night of uh you know buddy the death of uh buddy holly and the big bopper and he goes on this whole thing that's a little weird where he's like and you know the big i was more of a fan of the big bopper than buddy holly and i was supposed to go to that concert but i you know i couldn't go or whatever and then Big Bopper, he wasn't even supposed to be on the plane that night, but he won it through a coin toss. And I got really fixated on this idea of all the events that led up to that one coin toss that meant the Big Bopper died in the plane crash with Buddy Holly. And from then on, I've just had this ability. And Scully's like, I find that hard to believe. He's like, I know, but it's true. I was a bigger fan of the Big Bopper than Buddy <laughs> Holly. <laughs> Not, not only that, but he also, because it comes later on in the episode, but he talks about, like, his favorite song being Chantilly Lace. Mm, uh, yep. Yeah, and it's, like, such a throwaway until later. Yep. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, it, basically every time Clyde talks, it's so, I actually was, like, following, kind of going down the rabbit holes, like, so, like, of the whole idea, same idea of, like, wait, so everything I've done up to this moment already predetermined mm-hmm. like it, i don't know it's such an interesting concept that i know has been touched on a bunch of times in other mm-hmm. other things between like donnie darko and other shows and it's just the way it's talked about in this it's just is like very captivating it's just like oh that's a really good point mm-hmm. yeah uh and it, it does come up in a little bit because uh, they they he's like, well, I can't find exactly where the body is. Let's go back to the car. And they get stuck in the mud. And as they are going to push the car out from under the, you know, from the mud, it's Clyde and Mulder. They're pushing and Scully's driving and Mulder gets mud all over his pants. And we see Clyde Bruckman and he looks like he's smiling. And Mulder's like, oh, what, you think this is funny? And he's like, I'm not smiling. I'm grimacing. And uh, the dead body is under the car. Um and this is yeah where they find the silk fibers uh on the body and they are similar to from previous victims and they're lace and uh you know they have clyde bruckman kind of test the fiber and he's like i i I got nothing i just know this guy is gonna kill again and back at clyde bruckman's house he's gotten a note from the killer that says basically uh like 
I I know that you know that uh, what I'm doing. Um, oh, and there's a whole thing going on through the episode with the killer being like, you know, he feels like he has no control over his life and stuff like that, and he thinks he keeps that, showing up at like the uh, at the deaths, mm-hmm. uh, and it was like Scully keeps seeing him. Yeah, and he keeps returning to the yes. Mm-hmm. So she's seen him a couple times, and so. <laughs> During this scene, he's like, "Oh, and tell the two FBI agents I say hi." And Clyde's <laughs> like, "Hi, hi." <laughs> um, and they're like, "And they're like, oh, must be he also has some sort of psychic ability." It was postmarked before Clyde Bruckman even joined our investigation, and then. Clyde Bruckman is like, well, you know, I I can't see him, but I can see what he sees. And he's like, well, what do you see? Mulder's like, well, what does he see? And Clyde is like, well, he sees you and you're in a you're in a kitchen and he's coming up behind you. You don't know he's there. You've stopped because you've stepped in a pie. (laughs) I can't tell what kind of pie it is. (laughs) Is it a a, banana cream, banana cream pie? And Mulder's like, just go on. He's like, okay. And he's coming up behind you, and he's got a knife. No, wait, maybe it's coconut cream. <laughs> and Mulder's like, just keep, keep going. Okay, okay. And he's bringing it up, and the knife has blood in it. Boston cream. It's, about, it's just like the most random bits. He keeps, like, he's just fixated on what kind of pie Mulder has stepped in. <laughs> and basically, uh, Clyde sees Mulder having his throat slit by the killer, but he's like, "Oh, I, I, I don't know. That's it. Just it goes dark. I don't know what happens." You know, he he basically lies. Uh, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna. The killer knows where you live. We're gonna get you into protective custody." So they bring him to a hotel. Uh, in somewhere in here. The, no, it's, it's, the man, uh, it's, the killer, he goes yeah. to a tarot card reader and, you know, he's flipping over the tarot cards and everything. And he's like, oh, you seek a man with special wisdom and your confusion will soon abruptly end with the arrival of a woman, a blonde or a brunette or possibly a redhead. It's like you yeah. just named all three. Yeah, God damn it. Um, and when there is one card left unturned, the killer is like, no, no, this one is for you. And he turns it over and it's death. And obviously he kills the tarot card reader. So they are guarding Clyde Bruckman at the hotel. Scully doesn't believe him, but they're playing games together and they start to be friends. And finally Scully says, well, can you see how you die? And he goes, well, uh, I see how you and I end. Uh, we're going to end up in bed together. And Scully's like, okay. He's like, nope, I, I just, I see it very clearly. We're in bed together. It's very special. You hold my hand. And it's a moment that neither one, tears are running down my face. And it's a moment neither of us will ever forget. And she's basically like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so... Bruckman says to Scully this is a weird moment Bruckman says don't you want to know how you die and she goes okay fine how do I die and he says you don't which is interesting that's weird yeah 
Yes. And uh, Mulder hangs out there for a while. Um, Clyde Bruckman describes this dream he has. It's the only dream he ever has where he's uh, laying naked in a field of flowers which he's lying because in the dream he's not naked. No, he's in his underwear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's a very interesting scene. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, naked in this field of flowers, and I'm dead, and I know I'm dead, and I begin to decay, and as I slip away, like I, all I feel is like this contentment, and as all the natural processes of death set in, I'm very aware of them, but like I'm okay with it, and eventually I just kind of slip away. And Mulder says, okay, well, you know, if, if everything is predetermined and everything like that, what is the point of doing anything? And Clyde Bruckman is like, now you're catching on. <laughs> Basically <laughs> saying, like, he kind of understands that, like, he, he, he just feels like everything in life is really pointless. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he's tried to use his psychic ability to play the lottery. He doesn't win the lottery. All he does is see dead people. Uh, or sees how people will die and somewhere in the hotel uh, or at, at some point Scully shows up they have another detective named Javez who's going to take over one of the <laughs> dumb guys from earlier <laughs> yeah because Mulder and Scully they're going to go investigate the tarot card reader and as they're leaving they bump into a bellhop who is going to deliver food to Clyde Bruckman's room and it's at that moment they leave and Javez is like don't let any I'm going to the bathroom don't let anybody in and Clyde Bruckman stares at his neighbor's um, lighter that she had given him earlier and I guess he realizes that she is dead now because he says something like oh god yeah and then he stands up and answers the door because the food delivery guy is there and the bellhop comes in. This is, seems and, actually really interesting because he come bellhop comes in, mm -hmm. puts the food down. But as he's putting the food down, he like feels something else that's there. And at the same time, Bruckman's like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, the um, he gives him like a like a a tip. He gives him a tip, and yeah, and so they're because we kind of have figured out that the the bellhop, the killer has a little bit of psychic power because they kind of both at the same time realize who the other person yeah. is. Like the bellhop realizes that that's Clyde Bruckman who's been tracing, uh, you know, tracing his movements and everything. And Clyde realizes that that's the killer. And the killer's like, oh, oh, this is, th this is great. Like maybe you can finally tell me why I've been doing all these terrible things. And Clyde Bruckman's like, yeah, sure, I can tell you. Because you're a homicidal maniac. <laughs> and the killer's just like, oh, well, that makes so much sense. All right, great. And Clyde's like, he's like, okay, well, now I can kill you. And Clyde's like, nah, you don't kill me now. And Javez comes out of the bathroom and the killer attacks him instead. Meanwhile, at the tarot card reader, Scully finds some of the silk. And then she sees a card that kind of looks like a bellhop. And she goes, silk doily bed oh god it's the bellhop and she <laughs> runs back to Clyde's you know the route back to the hotel but uh Javez is already dead so they spread out to look for the killer 
Mulder, of course, runs into the kitchen, just like earlier. He steps in the pie, just like he was supposed to, but he realizes at that moment that he stepped in the pie. And this is also an interesting moment because early the whole episode, Clyde Bruckman has been talking about how the, the future is set in stone, you can't change it, and he saw Mulder dying, except Mulder realizing he's stepped in the pie and that the killer is coming up behind him ultimately saves his life because they struggled just enough for Scully to arrive and shoot the guy and Mulder's like how did you even know we were here and she's like I didn't I got in the service elevator by mistake and and we still don't know what pie it was <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it turns out that apparently what Clyde Bruckman had seen wasn't actually what was happening, but was what the dying killer was thinking about as he died, because the killer even says right before he dies, this isn't how it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, they can't find Clyde Bruckman. So they go back to his apartment and he is dead he is laying on his bed he has tied a plastic bag around his head and he is holding a bottle of pills um and she sits on his bed holding his hand very emotional just like um he had predicted they were in bed together and she was holding his hand and he looked like he was crying it was uh condensation from inside the bag running down his face but it, it was basically just like he'd predicted and that night scully is hanging out at her house with her newfound dog because uh before they discovered clyde bruckman dead there was a note on the door that said uh you know my neighbor she has died um Please, you know, make sure her body is taken care of. Do you want a dog? It's a very good dog. Despite what it did, it was hungry. You know, meaning it ate her. Yeah. <laughs> or ate part of her while she was dead. Um, and so Scully's hanging out on the couch with her dog later that night. And she sees a commercial for the stupendous Yappy on TV. And it looks like she's going to call his hotline because he has a hotline number. And instead, she throws her phone at the TV. And that's the end of the episode. Clyde Bruckman's final repose. I mean, overall, this was a fantastic episode. Like, mm -hmm. you weren't kidding. Like, with this episode, it comes in high regards. Yeah. Of, like, a, and we didn't even cover enough of it to... Yeah. But, and yeah, because, like, I, I mean, I give it just top marks, A+. a plus. But, yeah, the idea of... Like, the idea of, like, you really don't have control what you're doing. It's already predetermined. You're just kind of going through the motions. is a very interesting theory that I'm not necessarily attached to. Because I kind of like the idea that I am actually in control of what I do. But I can also understand if that's what, like, well, is that what I'm supposed to do kind of deal. It, it's a real head, uh, like, a real head cave, like, a real head I don't even know, just mind fucker. Yeah, totally. No, I, I I didn't make any secrets of it. I love it. Um, it's really good. So, um, yeah, A plus. Totally. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Let's see. 
next week we are moving on to I'm trying to see if I remember next week's episode ah next week's episode is all right it's nowhere near as good as this one but it is called the list and yeah I'm not gonna say too much more about it because it's, I don't know I think um, got an interesting frozen that, that hear everyone me. is going to have to discover for themselves if they haven't seen it yet uh, so that is next week's episode oh. the list all right cool yeah, cool That's sorry it. you like froze for like a while there for a second oh did i really damn I'm yeah gonna, man now i've got some more editing to do i imagine so i don't understand that like <sighs> i don't know technology's weird like that i know the the joys of doing everything remotely right we got yeah we gotta start finding time to just hang out in the same room again safely at some point, it'll happen, for sure. Better, damn it. Yeah. All right, that's it for this time around. Catch you later, everybody. Catch you later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.